0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Revive Us Now podcast. I am your host, Steve Gray, and we're going to talk about revival in just a few minutes. But before we get to really talking about revival, I want to talk about democracy, because I heard some people talking about democracy is under attack. And I thought about that uh, because uh, maybe it is. And I think some of us are so naive that we're thinking uh, God would never let that happen. You know, God would never let democracy be under attack. But I think maybe it is uh, because a lot of things are changing in the world rapidly this year. And, uh, you know, democracy is really important. You know, now we got to remember, God does not run things by a democracy right democracy is not the kingdom of god the kingdom of god is a theocracy that means god's rule is is it he runs it all But we've been working under a democracy in our country, and it's worked so well. And the reason that I believe maybe God helped to create that democracy and sustain it is because we have a couple of things that other governments throughout history have not had, and that is the two real important ones to the church, and that is freedom of speech right, and freedom of religion. And right now, freedom of speech is uh, really tough, isn't it? Because right now we have the cancel culture where people, if they say things, certain things, you can lose your job. That's not freedom of speech, right? They tell you what you can say and what you can't say. Where's freedom of speech with that? And so... And so everybody's just afraid. It, it, I think it's funny, you know, the comedians who used to be able to just tell jokes on everybody are just locked up. They can't tell jokes on anybody anymore. They don't know what to, what what's funny to them may not be funny to somebody else. You might not be able to be a comedian anymore. And so so we, we want our democracy to stay because we want to keep that freedom of religion and the freedom of speech going so we can keep having church the way it ought to be and be able to pronounce the gospel gospel of Jesus Christ here in our country, right? And have the freedom to preach the Bible. Because right now, if we lose that freedom of speech and freedom of religion, then we're going to be told what we can preach and what we can't preach. And we're really kind of on the edge of that right now anyway, Right? So, so it, it kind of reminds me because you kind of think like, oh, that'll never happen. Democracy will never happen and it'll never change. But it kind of reminds me of a time in history that I've studied quite a bit when Judaism Judaism was under attack. Because they said democracy is under attack. Well, maybe you know, maybe you don't know that Judaism was under attack. Now, if you went to Bible college and Bible school, or or a Christian school or whatever, you'll find that uh, not very much is studied on that. Go through a whole great big event that happened in 70 A.D. when Jerusalem was completely destroyed by the Romans, and uh, and the temple was destroyed and. And Judaism was never the same, even today it 's still the remnants of that, even though finally there's a finally there's an Israel again. but it was completely destroyed and and um, you know as many I think it was as many I heard as many as maybe five hundred Jews were crucified a day until they ran out of wood. They couldn't crucify any more. well I mean what what a time that was for Jewish history, and yet. Christianity skips right over it. We don't know anything about it. We act like it didn't happen. And the amazing part to me is when we read our Bibles uh, today uh, in Christianity, we act like Jesus never mentioned it. Like, there's nothing in the Bible about that event, and we take all our scriptures and make them all about us and all about today, and as though Jesus never brought that subject up or never warned them or never said it's going to happen or, or anything, or there's no prophecies about this great event that was going to destroy the temple in Jerusalem, and there's no prophecies about it and uh, warnings. And so... so uh, you know, I went back and studied it and found out that some of the best scholars, maybe not, I'm not one of them, but the best scholars of today uh, believe that the Bible is full and the New Testament is full and the Gospels particularly are full of warnings and uh Prophecies that Jerusalem is going to be destroyed and judgment is going to come uh, upon Jerusalem and upon the religion of the Jews of that day. Now, not not the Jews. Judgment is not coming on Jews specifically because many of the Jews went on and created, you know, and, and brought Christianity, as we call it, uh, to the world and evangelized the world. So it's not that. But but. But something was going to happen, and, and so as you read your Bible about that, a lot of the prophecies that we hear where Jesus is telling them that, that they need to flee to the mountains, right? Remember that? Flee to the mountains. Get out of town when you see these things happen. Well, Christianity has made it an end-time prophecy that all those things are going to happen, and uh, yet most great scholars believe that Jesus was warning them of the collapse of Jerusalem and of Judaism of that day of of judgment is going to come, and of course we can apply it today because why would we read the Bible if we can't apply it right? So we apply it today. But imagine that, and so all these things were being warned about when Jesus went in and he you know he cleared the temple and he said this place has become like a den of robbers and it should be a house of prayer to all nations and uh, they'd kind of just cut out all the nations and had gone wrong and and Remember that fig tree, you know, and he looked at it from a distance and it looked like it had fruit on it, but when he got up close, it didn't have any fruit on it. And I think, hmm, that could be a warning to us today. Couldn't it? Cause like the churches everywhere, You've got beautiful buildings and steeples and you know, great big things we got parking lots go forever, but you get up close and you realize Lives aren't being changed. We're attending. We have social things. We have our friendships. We have all our support groups. But people go in and come out and go in and come out. But they're not changed into new creatures. They're not encountering the power of the living God. It's like it looks like we got fruit, but then there's none. And so Jesus cursed the the fig tree and said, may you never grow Fruit again. And then when God did try to do something with them, they were full of excuses. They said, I've got I got stuff to do, Jesus. I got I just got married. I just bought some oxen, you know. It's like us saying, God, I, I know you want to do great things, but I just bought a car and I gotta go try it out, and all, all kinds of excuses. And so could it be possible that even in our day, that democracy is under attack which gives us the freedom to preach, which gives us the freedom to speak, which if we lose that, it's going to affect Christianity big time. Could it be under attack? But could it be because we're in the midst of a religion that's causing the attack, not just who knows where it comes from? Because, you see, if the church would be what the church is supposed to be, Do you read your Bible? We could push these things back. If we think evil is coming, if something is coming to take something away that would affect the gospel, which it would, would affect our preaching, which it would, then are we reading our Bibles where we have the power to resist the devil and he'll flee, that we've got the power to come against in spiritual warfare against these evil things? Yeah. But the problem is we've got the people of God that that don't have a heart for God themselves. See, we're, we can't, we can't get ourselves together and start yelling and casting and demanding that those that don't love God, telling them what to do and trying to tell evil spirits what to do when we can't even tell ourselves what to do. You see what I'm saying? When the God's own people, when their hearts are far from God and we can't get ourselves to want to serve God and we've got that, lip service were given to God, well, then we've got to deal with us, and it's a reason that the reason that things come under attack, uh, like democracy could be under attack, we could push that thing back, but it could be because the church has lost its heart for God, its love for God, its first love for God, and so, you know, so much of the time when you study how to get people to come to church, you know, you hear people are dropping out of church a lot, especially with this COVID stuff, you know, and getting used to staying home and watching it on, you know, online and all that. Uh, and they say people are dropping out of church. So then you go and uh, attend, you know, preachers. We go, they go to these seminars and things and teach. How do I get people to come to my church? And, and guess what you learn? I say, well, you got to learn what's on the hearts and minds of the people. You say, what, what's that? What's that? What do I got to do? Say, they're all wondering what's in it for me. What's in it for me? So you got to learn how to preach to answer that question because they're all sitting there, what's in it for me? So preach sermons that say, let me tell you what's in it for you. And once you start letting them know, let me tell you what's in it for you, they'll start coming. And yet then you read the Bible And we're supposed to be laying down our lives and doing what's in it for God and loving God with all our heart. And yet here the people. What's in it for me? Well, we do that long enough and we're going to start losing our freedom because we've lost the reason we're serving God. We we come because we want to follow Jesus. We want to serve him. How can I serve you? Not how can you serve me, Lord, but how can I serve you? I am a servant. Paul would write, said, I'm a servant of the most high God. I'm a servant of Jesus Christ. Yeah, we can turn this thing around, but we're not going to be able to do it by seeing, asking what's in it for me. That's why we need a revival of the presence and power of God, a love of God, a concern for God, the word of God, the things of God. And you know what? We can turn this thing around. We don't have to be watching other people come in and take our freedoms away, which is just... People want to do that. The devil wants to do that. But we're concerned because if they take them away, it'll take the gospel away. We won't be able to preach the word of God like we can today. And I think that ultimately is what could be what the devil is after. So think about it. Pray with us. Run after revival because we need a revival of the love and power and presence of God to preserve democracy so we can preserve the preaching of the word. Did you get that today? I hope so. Until next time, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Revive Us Now podcast with Steve Gray. Push the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode and spread the word on social media. For more episodes and resources, go to reviveusnowpodcast.com. Until next time, keep on running for revival.